0: Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, where if you keep showing up, I promise to do one thing, bring you great thinkers to improve your practice and your life and make it just a little bit better. And today we've got a young rock star, Dr. Steven Vorholt. And I'll tell you, just watching this guy do what he does, it's inspiring. He's just got that fire in his belly and he's a very cool, cool human being. And today we talk about the pathway to bigger CE and why you need to consider it as a dentist to set, it, set yourself apart. And he shares his journey and um, the thinking behind it. So make sure you check it out. You'll see, I put in uh, the show notes, all of the references and courses that he has, but what a great guy. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I am so pumped you're here because you keep showing up. Again, we have one game here. It's to bring you best practices from some of the best thinkers, best minds in all of dentistry. And I got a rock star here. His name is Dr. Stephen Vorholt. And we're going to be talking about the pathway to bigger CE and why that's important to you to set yourself apart and really roll up your sleeves and get involved in great CE and why you want to do that. Um, so, Stephen, thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to do a little shout out for you because, you know, you have quite the story. You've been a lot of different places. And then most recently in the ACT community, you know, we called on you during the COVID conference, and you and Aaron Chen, like it felt like 10 years ago for me. But uh, And then you kept showing up. I'm like, this is good stuff, man, like, um, and uh, I just appreciate you. But I want people to know your story. We're going to get into the pathway to bigger CE, but I think your story is very cool. So who are you? Like, Give us a little, little bio here.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'm Stephen Borhol, as you mentioned. I'm from Ohio originally. Uh, I went to the Ohio State University college of dentistry and undergrad. So I just right. kept going back for the football tickets. They get better every year. So <laughs> the, the more you're a grads student, that's why, how I got into dentistry. No, I'm kidding. Of course that's I, awesome. uh, I, <laughs> I, I, had an inkling of dentistry cause I love my dentist growing up. And I, I always joke, there's two types of dental students. There's the kind that are children of dentists who have perfect teeth. And then there's the kind like me who had to go to the dentist a lot as a kid and they got a little too comfortable there. Right. Um, so I've had, a, I've been in the chair, uh, quite a bit when I was, uh, going through high school and, um, and so I started thinking, hey, actually, this is kind of a cool gig. Like it's something a little different every day. It's, it's a little bit of business, a little bit of medicine. It, there's autonomy to it. Um, and I remember a conversation with my dad when I was a senior in high school. And, you know, he had the U.S. Newsweek. Hey, top jobs are out again. Look, dentist is like right there, number three. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So I shadowed the dentist and just thought, cool. So going into undergrad, I kind of had a, an idea that was where my end game was going to be. And I was lucky enough to be uh, paired with a random roommate, uh, who was also pre-dental, um, who's now a dentist in Columbus and his fantastic dentist, Max Grosell, uh, one of my best friends. Um, and we just kind of took that journey together through undergrad up through, uh, through, uh, dental school. And my plan was just to open up a, a private practice and, you know, and do my thing for, you know, a nice stable career and have a family and, you know, build a little family practice and things, Looks like they were going in the right direction. And then right before COVID, <clears throat> I started to have just an idea that I was I was like unsettled, I guess. Like I just mm-hmm. felt, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like I, I just, I wanted more, you know. Yeah. And I, I think I had, a, I had a, I was working with ACT. Uh, we had a, a great practice. You guys really set us in the right. We, we were doing things a little wrong, which you, you learn. That's why you have people like ACT around you. And Adriana Booth came in and kind of showed us the way and get our protocols right and get like, you know, the team together and, and just get everything smooth. And one of the things that I was talking to her about, is, I want to do this, this, and this. She said, "Stephen, like, you got to chill. Like you cannot do big CE until the office is running well. Like if you go out and learn something and then you try to bring that into a, a ship that's already, you know, casting to one side, it's, you're still losing water. Like, right. so she's like, get your protocols, get your stuff in order. Then you can talk about bringing on different Things and this and that. And so, in that meantime, in that transition, I was getting more and more into implant dentistry, doing some CE, kind of to bring some cases in. And I started to realize that, like, when I looked at the schedule ahead, that was the only thing that got me excited. So, you know, we had about 2,500 patients, things were moving. This is the fourth year of our scratch startup. Uh, Me and a partner, we saw people ages, you know, one to 99, uh, did a little ortho, did a little bit endo, did everything. And I would look ahead and I was like, oh, there's an implant Wednesday afternoon, you know, and I would only look forward to that. And So started just talking to my uh, now wife about it and some other colleagues and just like, you know what, like life is short. Yeah. Dentistry is a beautiful career that you can literally pick whatever you want. You can niche down, you can niche up, you can do a little bit of everything or all of one thing. And uh, I reached out to uh, Justin Moody, who had started the Pathway. Oh, years before this is, I, I should know the date since I work here now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, spoiler alert, but I reached yeah. out to him and actually all I just wanted was some advice and an idea that maybe I could be his associate somewhere because he had several practices at the time. And the place I practiced in Ohio was a beautiful practice, very affluent suburb. The problem was there weren't a lot of surgeries needed. Um, so I was getting kind of, you know, my feet were wanting to move a little bit and Justin actually said you know what I have an idea why don't you come down to Arizona and help run this clinic that he's starting mm-hmm. and it was an idea I had never even thought of I didn't think I was honestly qualified to do it um, but I said yeah okay sure and it took about eight months to you know extract yourself from a private partnership um, and we had everything everything was buttoned up and we, we had a partnership agreement that made it very easy and my partner was really cool about it but it still takes months and months with lawyers and accountants and all this kind of stuff. So right around the new year of 2020 is when we made the move. And yeah. then, of course, boom, COVID hit. And um, so that was interesting. I, I Silver lining looking back is that if I had tried that six months later, I don't think I could have done it. So the way that, you know, the practice and, and the sale to my partner got wrapped up right at like january 1 2020 i think was a blessing um, even though there was certainly some uncertainty coming into the, the spring of that year um, but i moved down to arizona and i started running the clinic which is a nonprofit clinic down here in tempe um, and we host the implant pathway courses so i used all the knowledge i got from adriana and implemented protocols here and tried to make things just run real smooth for the patients and the staff and um, that's been awesome and then Justin um, started asking me if I was interested in teaching with him. Yeah. And first it was a little bit. It was an afternoon here. It was, hey, can you do this while I'm on a conference call? And I say, sure, of course. And and um, I'm selling myself short a little bit. I mean, I was I was pretty up to up on the CE and the 3D printing, digital dentistry, and implant surgery and that kind of stuff. And so when I jumped into it, I thought, man, this is I love this stuff. This is actually fascinating. Um, and that's evolved over the last three years. That now Moody and I are co-lecturers and I'm a lead instructor here. Um, and now I'm actually working on Implant Pathway 3.0, which is going to launch in 2023. Um, brand new lecture, brand new hands-ons, brand new online videos. We're just, we're starting everything from scratch, which is which is why I have six months to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. so it's a lot, um, but it's been exciting. It's been a wild ride. Um, it's, it's hard to even break it down into exactly what happened because sometimes I look back and I go, I don't really know how I got here, but um, I've been on shows like yours and I've done a couple webinars. And then of course, Justin and Implant Pathway are sending me around the country, um, to teach people who are just getting interested in implant dentistry and it's been a dream. So yeah. that's the quick synopsis of, uh, without getting into too much detail of, of how I got where
0: I am, but oh. I did grand- oh, Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I ask so many questions.
1: I was gonna say some. I forgot to mention I graduated in 2013. So if people want to know like how old I am or whatever, I I did the scratch start two years out. I was there for five years, and after about six, seven years out, I made the switch to Arizona.
0: So yeah, the scratch. So so if you're putting your timeline together on Stephen, look at the scratch. You you have this unsettled nature of, about you, like and I, I I you know you see it from a lot of people where you're like ooh. You know, I just feel like it could be better. And you are you got this, you know, you're so nice on the exterior. And I I would imagine, you know, it's, but it's, it's, and you're nice on the interior, but it's also like, it's like, it could be better. We could do this better. And I think that's what drives you. Like you were showing me the models before we got going and like your eyes light up when it comes to moving the needle a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. on how all this works. Now, I want you to talk about this, like, the pathway thing of bigger CE because people come out and you see you know you talked about two different types of dentists but you also see the two types of CE dabblers you got the people that put their toe in the water and then you you got the real players in this can you just talk about those that journey from your perspective
1: yeah I I hear all the time and I used to I used to worry about this line too like how can you possibly afford to do twenty thousand dollars on a on a CE course mm-hmm. and. Now with a you know being part of a company that offers courses at that caliber and having a lot of friends who have taken this and other courses, like there's so many good continuums out there. I mean, uh, I have I have so many friends who are COIS trained, for instance, and that's not a cheap continuum to go through. But when I look at the landscape of dentists that I consider my colleagues and that I want to kind of be around, all of them have taken large continuum CEs, high value. Um, and high cost. And, you know, when you look at people who you might consider really successful in your own local area or maybe in your state, they've probably taken big CE. So, it's not the people who are going to their state dental association to get their 40 hours, you know, checked off or doing stuff, uh, you know, one webinar at a time to get 40 hours over the year or the back of a magazine. I mean, I did that the first three years of out of school because I just thought that's what you did to keep your license active. And that's one of my biggest regrets was that I didn't, looking back, that I didn't dive in sooner. Right. And so I'll hear that from a lot of young dentists who, you know, how can I, how can I do, how can I afford this? I say, I don't know if you can afford not to, right? you know, if, I mean, a 20,000, you got to think like a $20,000 CE, whatever, and you can. There's companies out there that let you finance this stuff too, like right. Proceed Finance, that it's a patient financing company. will also finance dental CE for the dentist. Um, and there's other companies, and, and most like companies like My Pathway has payment plans and such like that. So you can work it out on a monthly basis that's comfortable for you, but the jumping off the trampoline of that CE back at your practice is what really counts. So when someone says, is is it worth it to spend $20,000 on CE? The answer is, well, what's the CE? Like, you know, what's right. it going to give you? Is it What's the return on investment? That's true with anything. Like if someone were to say, I'm going to spend $100,000 on XYZ, but it's going to make them a million dollars over the next five years. Great. Yeah. You know, then it, it doesn't, the money doesn't matter. It's all about the return. So if you're interested in doing something like implant dentistry, which is its own subspecialty, uh, you need to have high quality CE. You cannot dabble because this stuff just to get set up for it is like, it's at least 25,000 in motors, parts, pieces, and implants. So if you're not also backing it up with really good training that's high quality and has good, you know, follow-up and backup and whatnot, then you're just going to be flat on your feet. And so if you want to hit the ground running, I mean, we have so many alumni now that that I see that I that we first trained two years ago who are now doing unbelievable, like almost implant-focused practices um, this is really exciting to see. And I bet if someone thinks how much should, you know, they spent forty, fifty thousand $50,000 on CE over two years. Well, now they have a practice that all they do is full arch implant dentistry. That's a, a case fee, you know, that's yeah. the one case. So um, I, I think bigger CE, and it doesn't have to be implants. I mean, it could be like the COIS continuum, like we mentioned, ortho, right. um, you know, there's so many big value things out there that just set you apart. Um, and you, you just can't get that with one hour at a time, kind of, getting through your career stuff.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm totally picking up what you're putting down because a couple things, and I've, I've got my own thoughts on this, and I want you to jump in. You know, number one, I've tried to take CE at home, and I got a lot of kids, and there's a lot of traffic going, and I, this is how I do it. Hold on one second. All right, I'll order you guys pizza. I'm, I'm in a course, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you can all relate to that. The other thing that happens too, there's a couple things. When you get on a plane and you go somewhere, you're giving yourself permission to be there 100%. I love my children and my wife more than anything. But when you go away from a course, there's a little stress. You're like, I got to get something from this. Yeah. And then um, you also get a chance to experience the instructors on a whole nother level. I don't care if it's Panky, Dawson, Coy, Spear, Seattle Study. I mean, some of my conversations with Seattle Study Club members my favorite stuff was at the bar at night. I'm like, you, oh, yeah. you said that? Like, you've done that? And they're like, yeah. I went into my office one morning, and I'll tell you how I used what we learned today. And I'm like, holy moly, this is worth the trip. And then mm-hmm. let me inject one last thing, too. You know, people talk about burnout or mental health issues, which are very real. CE, for me, kept the fire raging. Like I would go to anywhere. I come back and I don't have any hair, but whatever hair I had, it was on fire. You know what I mean? I found a new jump in my step. I was like so excited to go back to work. And so there's a lot of intangibles other than the other, there's other values other than just the money or the ROI. Wouldn't you agree? I totally
1: agree. And we have, I, I would say more than half of our attendees are, younger docs like 1 to 3 years out. But we do have a contingent of doctors who are in the back half of their career. Right. And we've had some doctors come through who are maybe they got 5 10 years left in their minds of what their what their goal is and they've told Justin and I straight up like you guys just made the last 5 years of my career exciting again. Right. And I appreciate that because I I mean I felt like I was stagnating 5 years out. That's that's the unsettling part, right? Like I'm just like, well, Okay, I got another two crowns today. I'm starting an aligner ortho case, and this and that, and it's just blah 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 blah. blah. It just got so boring, and my wife hates us about me. I'm like, const- we just bought a house two months ago, and I'm already on Zillow. Like, look at this house. Look at that house. <laughs> like, she, she, I'm always just like, what else is out there? What's new? You know. Right. And we were talking about these models and the the implant pathway 3.0. Um, you know, I got permission from Justin to just take full control and, and, and I'm going to give him an outline of what I think we can do and should do. And part of that is getting away from the same, you know, standard study models that everyone uses across the country. Like, Hey, let's make some custom models. I have a CT of a patient that we can plan on the planning software. And then I can hand you that person's fabricated model and we can do the actual drilling of the case we just, you know, worked on like that kind of intentional like not just hey let's talk about implants and then here's like a dummy bone model drill it in the middle of the model like no like we're going to show you exactly what parts and pieces and we have one that i'm excited about is this full arch model that's in the dentalist case that the attendees will flap do alveoplasty on with you know hand pieces place four implants and suture so what we used to have was just a, a plain bone model that you put four implants in well that's that's the easiest part. Like I tell people when they come to implants and to do live surgery, which is our big thing is we have, we have live components of this down in Arizona. So you're with us for three days and the last two days of the five, we're doing surgery. So we're doing exactly what you just learned on, on real live humans. Um, You know, it's not the implant drilling the hole and putting the implant in is the simplest part of the whole procedure. It is like when you're a lot of times you drill one drill, put the implant in, you go, that's it really. Mm -hmm. And so it's, incision design, it's anesthesia, it's flat management, it's, okay, the implant goes in, okay, what about bone grafting, suturing, membrane, like, all those parts make up 90% of the difficulty of doing implant surgery well. And so having a hands-on model that is actually going to go from incision design all the way to suturing, that's like one of those little notches where I'm just like, how can I make this better? Like, because I'm just seeing over two and a half years of doing this, like, oh man, it wouldn't be cool if we could do this. And so I kind of have the, uh, you know, the green light to go and make that a reality, which is really exciting. So my new, my newest kind of position at, at the pathway is, is more focused on the educational side. And so we've hired an amazing group of doctors here. Um, some, some alumni residents who have stuck around some doctors who are kind of new, but they want to learn and they're in the clinic now doing my old job and getting, an unbelievable amount of experience and I'm in there a couple of times a week, but more often than not, I'm brainstorming and coming up with new ways to teach things and, and, and make it exciting for people and make it under like understandable. Yeah. Cause I want, you know, I want people to launch when they leave here I, and we have a really high launch rate. And I think one of the, every time I hear someone that fails to launch, I'm just like, ah, like come back. Like, right. come on. You spent so much money and time on this. You need, this needs to be a part of your practice. So, um, yeah. That's kind of what I'm at now. And that's my new passion. And I'm sure you asked me in two years, I'll have an, another passion, but, um, you know, I get asked all the time, what's next for you. And I think honestly, like the pathway in education is, is where I see myself rooting my career. And I've been here three years already. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. I just want to keep making it better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, we're going to chronicle your journey in dentistry. I think every year we're going to do an update. What's up go. to? you know? So, and if you're listening, like to the story. So obviously you took a passion of yours, which was one implant in the schedule and you got a, you got an emotional return. It looks like you doubled down on your investment where you yeah. just knew, you knew, like, in, can you talk about the niche? Like you picked a very specific niche in dentistry. Like it was implants, like talk about the you know, the opportunity in implants? What, if I'm a young dentist listening, what do I know about, what do I need to know? And you even mentioned a few people that are coming back from your courses, creating implant specific practice. What do I need to know about the future of implants in dentistry?
1: Well, I I can never remember the numbers, but it's, it's um some insane growth year over year the number of implants that are placed just in the U.S. And I belong to uh, a select group of people. There's about 800 of us who are diplomates of the American Board of Oral Implantology. And we're hoping to get the awareness out there and make implantology its own specialty, which it should be, because the more you learn about implants, and this is true with, I'm sure, every other subset of dentistry, the more you realize there is so much you don't know. Like You can take a course on implants and go, okay, I think I got it. But if you get a maxi course, which is the ten weekend, three hundred hour continuum, it it brushes the surface of what this what this segment of dentistry is. I mean, because like I mentioned already, the implant part is is such a small contingent of it. I mean, it's it's really all the way from grafting is huge, sinus lifts, sinus grafting, GBR, immediate implants. That's a whole different thing. There's just so much. I'm still learning every day and every month. You know what's new that I don't know, and it's it's. It's really uh, humbling to know just how much is out there. So I'm sure that's true with ortho and endo. And if you're a super GP, like I always thought I wanted to be, you just brush the the top, the topsoil layer of all this stuff, you know, the part that's actually the real profitable bits and like the stuff that's not too complicated. But if you dive down and start digging and get to the, the harder parts of it, it just, it's unbelievable how deep this goes. So, um, I forget what your original question was, but it's well, it's basically- just the future
0: in implants. like the, and, and I'm kind of leading you with this question because we look at some of the metrics. one of the biggest problems the United States has isn't necessarily health care and the economy. Those are huge problems. It's the aging population. I mean, we're going to have a lot of older people, and I think everybody's going to be a candidate for implants. I mean, people are going to have to eat, and, and so yeah. you know, it's not a segment of the market that's going to dry up anytime soon, would you agree?
1: I totally agree. I think it's. I think when we started this clinic here, we placed about five thousand implants a year. At my first thought was, we're going to run out of people to put implants on, and you know we're in Phoenix, which is a large metropolitan city, and right. there is no shortage. I mean, people are, if anything, are more of them are beaten down the door to come into the clinic, get screened for potential right. uh, courses. But I th- it's some tens of millions of people who are completely edentulous, and it's not getting any better. Look at the DSO landscape. And see how many DSOs there are that are implant only. Affordable Dentures and Implants is one that we work with. Clear Choice that we've all heard about and known about for a while. Right. Uh, Brightly is a new one. Nuvia. There's so many that are spun up that are just implant centers um, because, because there's a need for it. And there's a huge market for it. And So, you know, even if you're a private practitioner that's got a single office and you think, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. No, what you want is the Clear Choice down the road pumping the market with advertisements and the, and making the dental IQ of your patients in your area going higher about implants. So because you have a unique ability that, you know, maybe your niche is that you have great service, which mm-hmm. is what every private practitioner wants, right? So your patients want to come to you, but now they also have heard through the TV, radio, online stuff, what are these dental implants? So it makes your job easier. 100%. I always joke that, I mean, we had a clear choice in Cleveland. I was practicing in Columbus and I would still get second opinions yeah. from people who had gone up there. And, you know, and these DSOs do a great job and they know exactly how to target people and get people in the door. But a lot of people can't afford their prices. So if you just had a billboard that says we give clear choice second opinions, I mean, you could have your own implant center just based right. on people who can't afford their choice. So I, I think the market's only getting bigger and you know people are seeing that and it's definitely something you can incorporate into a private practice like i said i have a couple alumni here like um, thomas graff who's down in uh ohio as well in a more rural area he started a scratch startup took our course about i think three four months into it and changed everything the brand and went all surgery and he's killing it i mean because there's no surgeon within 30 miles of him he thought man here's an underserved population I could have had a very booming family practice here, but I'm gonna just do an implant-focused practice. And I mean, it's a, it's amazing what you can do if you understand the demographics and the marketing and, and just the, the dental IQ around in, implants is getting higher and higher. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's, and like I said, you can do this with ortho, endo, perio. You can do whatever you want. You can deep dive into it or you can keep it all topsoil um, and there's no wrong way to do it. Just whatever matches your practice and, and your
0: desire. One hundred percent. And so uh, I want you to go back to something. You mentioned Super GP. Okay. And so like our job in this show is not to push people. You know, I just want to educate people. So there's, there's quite, you know, there's quite the division on camps, like be the Super GP, become a specialist. Let's say I'm a young listener and I, Stephen, I come down see you, you talk about pathways to bigger CE, like, you know, this too, like you open up an internet browser. There's a thousand opinions on what you should do. Like, You've watched a lot of people come down there and they probably asked you this question, you know, just like you, I was on the path to be a super GP. If they pulled you aside and go, Stephen, what should I do? What do you te- typically say to them? You know, anything specific?
1: Well, it's, it's funny because I think it's looking back when I graduated in school, I considered going into pediatrics. Isn't really? That hilarious? Yeah, because it has nothing to do with what I do now. And I think it's it speaks to the point that until you get out and do some stuff, you really don't know what excites you. Dental school is such a weird little bubble. Like I liked the pediatric professors we had and I liked the the two weeks of experience I got in the pediatric clinic rotation. I thought, oh, maybe I want to do that for my career. I had no idea. I get out and practice for five years and realize peds is like my least favorite part of the whole thing, right? It would have been a nightmare if I would have gotten into this as a specialty. So I got out and practiced for a while. And that's when I said, like I said, I started to notice that I really liked implants. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could do that with anything. And so young docs come in and I think I want to do this. Well, it also has a lot to do with what you want in your career. Do you want your career to support your family life and what your priorities are. Like if you just want, I want to work three to four days a week. I want to make a good living for my family and I want to be in this town. Well, you could do what is going to lead to that. I, I was unsettled by that. I'd always lived in Ohio. My now wife was from Ohio. She always had the feeling that maybe it'd be fun to kind of live somewhere else. Um, and then just continuing to grow and and do that. Um, so for me it, it was more like let's, let's niche down and then it niched even further into education dental implants so i went and got my diplomate status my fellowship the aid and started dialing down into all those academies and and you know it's it's a dentistry is a big world but a small world at the same time like i feel like on instagram especially or facebook or any places like there's a crew of like 100 dentists i know that i consider like colleagues or or um you know at the same level i'm at and i just constantly like pushing each other to go a little bit better and faster. And like photography is a great example. Look at, look at anything I posted five years ago versus now. And it's like, you're starting to like really focus on like the lighting and like the flash and the white balance on a photo of like a single tooth, right? Just because I really want to get that perfect photo that showcases that exact type of suture or something like that. So, um, you know, it's just, it's amazing how much you can niche down, but that is, that is for people who, maybe want something more out of their career than just a comfortable life. right? Um, and you can do either. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with it, but I would say 80% of the pay, maybe 90% of the attendees who come through here have private practices and they're just adding implants right. as another revenue stream and another way to help their patients. Cause patients don't want to leave your practice. They don't want to go down the street and meet a whole other team, a whole other doctor and, and that right. whole stuff. So I'd say most people that we've had like Thomas Graf and, a couple other that I could mention that, that have seen the light, if you will. And they, they went home on Monday and had to do a quadrant of class twos and thought, what the hell am I doing? Um, and they've started to maybe move a little bit more into like their passion, because like I said earlier, like dentistry is a beautiful career. You can pick your passion and go after it.
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I think that's one of my favorite pieces. You ever hang out with a bunch of dentists, you're gonna be like, wow, there's like, everyone's got like a different style or philosophy, how they look in their practice. And very rarely do you ever see anybody go broke or go out of business unless they do something really stupid. I mean, you can make an incredible living and you there's no rules to do it. And I think another thing that I, I mean, I mean, I'm going to clarify, you don't have to have it all figured out. You probably have people come in and go, look, I have not figured out exactly what I want to be when I grow up, but I'm here to roll up my sleeves and get into it. And just like you mentioned, if the fire catches or, you know, you're in Arizona, so you don't get, you don't surf a whole lot, but like if the wave comes, man, I'm going to ride it. Cause it's going to be a good one. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, I think something that I, you know, I had a mental block when, when I started the scratch start was just like, okay, this is it. Like you can't just start a scratch start and leave. Like I'm setting roots down. I remember right. I started right before I met my now wife, And, you know, it was kind of like, hey, like, I hope you're down to live in Columbus for the rest of your life if you're going to be with me because I have a practice. And, like, that's just the assumption was, like, (laughs) you can't leave. Like, but, you know, there's no rules, man. Like, it's your life. Do what you want. Like, don't feel like you're pigeonholed because I I meet a lot of people who are like, well, you know, I have a a private practice and associate. Like, I really want to do this, but, like, I can't turning that boat, you know, it's like, it's like turning an aircraft carrier. How do you possibly get it to move in the direction you want it to be? It's like, well, slowly, or like I did just completely about face and do a different, do something else. Like yeah, do something that excites you and makes, makes you excited to go to work. Like, I don't want to work on a job that I'm just looking forward to being home. And of course I am looking forward to being home, but like I also, most of my day I'm doing something away from home and I want that to be exciting as well. So I, I think I think younger docs sometimes think, okay, I got my associate, then eventually I'll buy in or start a practice. And there's like there's kind of this this regimented protocol for how dentistry is supposed to be. It's like forget about it. Like you can yeah. do whatever you want. I know some people who who um, don't have their own practice, aren't associate, and I consider doing this for some time. Was like, you could reach out to a thousand dentists around you and say, Hey, I do implant surgery. I'll be at 1099. I'll come in every two weeks. You line them up on knock them down and you can just be a traveling surgeon. Like yeah. well, there's no rules. That, yeah. that sounds awesome. Cause then you got, you got no brick and mortar overhead. It's you an assistant, and assistant and a, and a, Husky carrier that's carrying all your goods. Like I thought that sounds amazing. Like you yeah. can pick your own time off and all this kind of stuff. So there's so many options and I've considered them all. Yeah. Um, but it's it's amazing how how much or how little or you want to do. I mean, you could also be the kind of person who owns five practices and doesn't practice clinical dentistry themselves. You're just a business person at that point. You can
0: so do whatever you um, want. I love it. I had a mentor of mine say it like 27 when I was trying to figure out what to say. This life is too short to drink bad beer. Don't drink bad beer. And I was like, I like what it. does that mean? Like that. They're I like, like no, think about that. Like life is going to go by fast. Don't ever drink crappy beer buy a really good one and go, this is, I worked hard for this beer. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's just something to think about if you're a dentist listening, like you, you, you don't have to deal with, you know, and Stephen, I see that too. Well, I bought this practice, the dentist who bought this practice. No, like you don't have to deal with the cards were dealt. You can change out cards. You know what I mean? You can, I've had many people change locations and like, dude, that was one of the best things I ever did because I had to figure it out. Now, I already I already know you've got the heart of an educator. It's fun talking to somebody who's a passionate educator. Can you talk about like the hour by hour, maybe day by day transformation you see in students? So we talk about the pathway of bigger C. You're talking about fully going to something and giving yourself and your attention Talk about like the first day they come in and they're like this second day. They're maybe a little And then by day three, can you, what do you, what do you guys talk about or experience in the day by day or hour by hour transformation in big CE? Well,
1: I think uh, Justin usually heads it off at our, at our courses that are week long and he um, does intros, welcomes and and teaches the first half day. And one of the things he always mentions is like, I'm going to ruin some of you. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds really awful, but what he yeah. means is like, some of you are going to go home after this week and are not going to touch a composite or a root canal ever again, because you've seen the light, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you've, something was lit inside you. And so you'll see, you know, and I always forget, and this is probably true with a lot of educators, especially the more and more you niche down and, and and my colleagues that I think are doing something crazy, like it's so high above the head of the people I'm teaching that sometimes I, I have to remind myself of that we do this 19 times a year. That's 19 groups of people who have never been here before who are just starting implants. By the 19th group of the year, I sometimes forget and I think, they've heard this 19 times. They, right. they have not. I've heard it 19 times. And so I sometimes get unsettled or anxious because I'm like, man, this is getting stale, but it's getting stale for me. And this yeah. is one of the reasons every year or every course, Justin and I are constantly updating things putting new slides in there. But so what you see a lot of is You know, they see the first couple pictures. They're working on the models, the pig jaws. They're kind of timid. It's especially true when you get into live surgery, the first one versus the last one. Because they see about five or six patients over the two days. And so by the time some people leave, you can just tell they thought that was the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. They can't wait to do it when they get back. And some people are still kind of shell-shocked because – The way that our live surgery courses for the intro course go is you start with a couple simpler cases, onesie twosies, and the second morning you do a full arch. And that's that's above the head of a lot of people getting implants, but we want to show it to you because we want to dangle your feet over the edge, get you right to that comfort line, and we'll hold on to your collar and let you kind of peek over, you know, you got someone right there to see what it looks like when you flap the whole mandible and you can see both mental nerves. I'm so used to that now that I'm like, yeah, there's the mental nerve. I have to take myself back in time four years ago. If I saw the mental nerve four years ago, I probably would have like called my malpractice attorney and quit dentistry. I don't like, I would have just freaked out. And now it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, there you go. Um, So some people see that and you can just tell this doctor is going to run with this and they're going to go back and just have the time of their life. Um, And that's fascinating to see. uh, And usually after the two days of life surgeries, when you start to see the biggest like, you know, they're so tired from the week, but they come back on Friday morning and you can just tell they're like so ready to get back in there. So yeah. that's really exciting.
0: So when you said mental, like I'm in a my hands are sweating right now. Like <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Like I, I, I think I would have to like take a few steps back and go, Oh my goodness. Like, and you're right. I think I would guess. And I, you know, I just want you to put the you know, give us some extras. There's something powerful that happens with live and you know, you're in the hands or surrounding of somebody who's been there before. There's something that happens right. to you by osmosis, just being with them. Right. So the impact sure. of live, you'll never take the live out of that ever. Would you agree? No, I, and
1: I think you can, there's an option to take just the online and the didactic portion, but I think I, I couldn't tell you the numbers. It's a slim number of people who do it. Most people who sign up that way, they get to the didactic and they go, so when can I do the live surgery? And they try to sign up. Well, it's like nine months booked out. Right. Um, so a lot of, you know, Austin, who's our chief operating officer, he's really good at explaining that to people. You're going to want to do this. Trust me. Um, it's really what nails at home. But there is, it's, you know, one thing we pride ourselves on is, is like teacher to student ratio is very small here. There's two students in each operatory with one teacher. So it's not like one of those live patient surgeries where there's two docs for 20 people and you're in like an ortho clinic style just in the round you know Um, it's very it's very direct it's very individual it's very personal your partner is assisting you while you're doing the surgery and your mentor is like right over your shoulder you know maybe even pointing things out to you and that does make people a lot more comfortable and i don't and we don't expect people to go home on monday and like flap a whole maxilla and expose this and that and, but we want them to see that so that they know what's possible right mm-hmm. because then they're going to come back and take more advanced courses with us or they might if you see the whole mandible flapped in the two mentals doing a simple flap for an edentulous 19 is like a cakewalk i mean and that used to not be the case like if you've never done implants your first flap reflection is usually split thickness or really chopped up or you know you're scared to see the bone or whatever if you see what we see live it's like okay now I realize how kind of minor that is and how I can do that, you know, more predictably perhaps, but
0: yeah. yeah, That's awesome. That is awesome. And so um, talk about the format. So if I'm listening, like, you know uh, I have so many other questions for you and I'm going to have you back again and again and we're going to talk about other things, but like if I'm a listener, like any, well, if, let's go back to this. Any, I want you to explain your course format, how it all works, but any last thoughts you have on just why, the pathway to bigger CE is really important when you're setting yourself apart.
1: Sure. I, I, I just think you just can't do it one hour at a time. And right. you have to, like, like you mentioned earlier, I had to get out of my city. Like, and I, the mission implant Institute was right there in Columbus. I never took a course there because I couldn't do courses in Columbus. Like I had all the opportunity, but I had to fly to Phoenix to Scottsdale to go to Spear. You know, because like you said, you're on that plane, you're in that mindset, like you can go to the bar afterwards. One of the one of the big downfalls now. I moved to Scottsdale, I thought, this is great. CE will come to me. I have Spear here. I have this. These conferences come here all the time. I don't go to them very often because more often than not, I would feel guilty not being home. Or if someone has a if I went to Spear, I wouldn't be the person who goes to the bar and the dinner afterwards with some of the attendees and learns all those pearls because. I've got a wife and a kid at home and I right. want to be with them. So I still look now for travel CE experiences for that reason to get in that mindset. I think that is important. Yeah. Uh, but I, and so if it's big travel CE uh, meet people, like you said, after the course is where all the pearls are really learned um, and just get after it because that's how you're going to get passionate and that's how you're going to meet people. And the networking in these events is probably even maybe more important than the material because percent. Yeah. Everyone that takes our course, they get the PDF on a USB because there's no way you're going to remember or take the notes. Of pro- like you're going to load that PDF in two years and go back to that slide. What would he say about that again? I forgot that number. Right. But you're going to remember the person who's sitting next to you and the attendee that's in the same journey with you. And you're in a text thread together and you're growing together. Those connections, I still have connections from seven years ago that are so vital to my constant, you know, craving of CE and, and we take courses together and we coordinate stuff and we send each other pictures and that's super important. So if you took a course with us, the, the flagship course or what I guess most people would call as the introductory course is called the fast track. It's five days, three days of lecture and two days of live surgery. And it starts with an online portion, which we're completely revamping for 2023. It'll be about 40 online videos. We're trying to move as much of that nitty gritty didactic stuff to online videos. Do it on your own time because when you get here, those three days we want to have hands on's that are meaningful, that put things like home. You know, I want to like half it's half lecture and half hands on. That's kind of my goal for the next iteration of this. And then the, the two days of live surgery, actually do it on someone who's alive, uh, breathing and bleeding. Um, and you can also do that on the road. So you can do the online portion at home. You can do what we call session three, which is the didactic portion. You can do that at a couple cities around the country or all in one week here in Tempe. So, but all the surgeries are always done here in Tempe at the facility.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So if I'm listening on Spotify, like where do I go, Stephen, tell me where to go.
1: Uh, thepathway.com is we'll show you all the courses and then we do more than just implants, but that's, that's my specialty. So uh, you can go to implant com. It'll take you to the same place. And then, if you want to look at more of what I do on day-to-day, my Instagram is where I'm most active. That's Vorholt DDS. Uh, and I have my own website, which is StephenVorholtDDS.com, which I, it's kind of a static website. I, I kind of put up my story there a little bit so people can follow along. And hopefully I'll update that a little bit more of what I've been up to. But um, yeah, thepathway.com to see kind of what all our offerings are. And if you feel like you're already there and you're like, I don't need an intro course, we have advanced courses too on sinus grafting bone grafting anteriors. I mean, you name it, we do it. So yeah, I'm excited to see where it's going to go 2023 and beyond. Cause it's just getting, it's just getting cooler and cooler.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited personally to see where you go. And that's why we're going to chronicle your journey every, you know, at least once a year and go, what's up. And you're like, Oh man, you're going to, you're not going to believe what we're doing now. So
1: it's, it's funny. There's um, you know, Alan Mead. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, Alan, he interviewed me. It's been six years now. On his Alan Mead experience, when I was still a private practice doc, I think I had maybe just started with ACT. I had no inclination of of doing this. And he just interviewed me because we were friends. We met at VOD. And he's just kind of like, hey, where are you at in your career? You're five years out. And so it's funny because the last like two minutes of that podcast, I say – he said, what do you really want to do next? I said, I think I want to look into this thing called implant pathway. And it's just like creepy to listen to now because then he re-interviewed me a couple months ago as like a five-year recap. Yeah. And so if you want to see the actual broken down couple hours of what my journey was, look at Alan Mead's uh, thing and then and then uh, the clinical hacks and the dental hacks. I did a couple podcasts with them. And uh, it's it's funny to listen back to it, just be like, wow, that was me five years ago. I mean, that's the beauty of this. You look back five years ago in your dental career, you'll never have seen where you are now. Yeah. So I, if I had one more thing just to leave people with, it's you can do Whatever your heart desires in this career, do not feel locked in. Do not feel pigeonholed. Even if you just started a practice, there are ways to get out of it. And like you said, like there's, it's a scary thing to jump off a cliff. And even if you bought a practice, you're going to move it down the street. No one's going to come with me. My staff are going to leave. Blah, 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 blah. And two years later, you go, that was the best thing ever. And more often than not, that's what works out. So follow your passion, practice your passion. And if that means big CE for a lot of us that does um, look into it, don't be scared of the price tag, think more of what it's going to do for your career, your passion of your career, and certainly the return on, you know, on your earnings and whatnot. So
0: yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. Like those guys are the the bomb as far as podcast go. So check that out. Like that is funny stuff to listen to and it's excellent. It's actually really well done. So I'm going to go back and check it out myself. And, um, I, I just can't thank you enough, Steven, for being on. This is so cool. And, um, if you're listening and you didn't take any notes. Don't worry. We took them for you. Our post producer and our writers, they put together all the show notes. So whatever Stephen and I were talking about, just flip up to the notes, whether it be Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. It's all right there. You're going to see all the links to Steven's, uh, you know, stuff. And I'm, I'm going to highly encourage you to check it out because I have no doubt you're just going to be moving the needle all the time, buddy. So thanks for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thanks, man. It's been fun
0: oh man it's awesome well stick around we say goodbye to everybody else but thank you guys for listening to the best practices show hey if you enjoyed today which i know you did just do us a favor hit the share button keep sharing uh because it really means a lot to us and keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see you want to learn more about implants things like if you have a question about implants send it to me and i'll get steven back on we'll make a whole show out of it so it'll be good stuff but uh until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time keep watching the best practices show you guys enjoy your day so there you have it another great episode hope you guys enjoyed it hey and thank you for showing up i just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends and if you're really enjoying the podcast could you do me a favor could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review here's what that does it allows us to find other great people like you I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.